0: Just one field of the day, yeah. and in the uh, most rounds, the press car park is part of, as you know, is part of one of the executive car parks, so you get lots of Range Rovers and lots of BMWs and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I mm. pulled up Happens next to partner, so a friend of mine, mm-hmm. Rob Draper from the Mail, mm. who said to me as I got out of my car, he said, I saw that car coming in, and I thought, there is no way that is a, that car belongs to anybody other than quite a poorly paid journalist. <laughs> <laughs> What car is it? It is a Vauxhall Astra. Yes, uh, and it is filthy and smells intensively of dog. So this is what journalists drive. This type of That's vehicle. I have a working it? vehicle and I maintain it like a like you maintain a cart horse, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't does, Brush it. Does Kate have a car?
0: Is there a car? Kate you use does for, have a car
2: for
1: for weekends for for nice. Uh, no, just, whenever
0: we do anywhere on the weekend, I have to drive. Does Kate don't like motorways? That's the problem.
2: Aesthetically she's right. not a fan of grey
0: Just objects to the arteries of the nation
2: <laughs> Why? it's <laughs> so important
0: uh, Why? Just th- things that all, all used to be fields. So no, she doesn't like driving on them What, the speed? It's speed At speed. 34 34, <laughs> 34 miles an hour She's going to be a problem on a motorway Not much quicker than that, to be fair No, she doesn't like driving on a motorway But she does have a car that doesn't smell of dog. See,
1: Katie has a, a company car which is, yeah. which is our family car Because it's big We can fit the children in We can fit all of their stuff in the boot but, oh, my God, it's constantly full of her work-related rubbish. So when we go away for the like weekend... careful what? Oh, just very files, you say here. bits of paper, coffee cups, because she, she works on... She's field-based. So she's a she lorry used, driver. She, <laughs> <laughs>
2: she's field-based, or as Kate likes to call them, old motorways. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's coffee cups, all all sorts of, like... Things in the boot, you know, with a uh, work supply. Is there a, a spare pair of,
2: of high heels? Because Gemma yeah, always keeps always a spare pa- pair of high heels one and, pair and a spare of pair, <laughs> a pair of flats as well. Yeah, yeah, shoes wow. for every occasion, just in the footwell of a driver. Yeah. the driver. That's a passenger
0: seat. Gemma keeps more pa- pairs of shoes in her car than I own. You, At own all. you don't own two pairs of shoes. Not that I wear in public. No.
3: You, you've yeah. only got one pair of shoes you wear out
0: in no, public. Two. Two. I've got a pair of, sort of smart, smart-ish trainers and a pair of actual shoes. That's it. What
1: else do you need? You so see, you know, you know, it's quite, a, quite a, a blokish part of going away is filling. You know, you've got to load the car. It's like putting a, mm. It's like it's like playing Tetris in real life, isn't it? Okay. Slotting all of the boxes. But the first thing I have to do before we go away for the weekend is to empty the car. So it takes twice as long. Is she quite slovenly? Then is that what you're saying? <laughs>
3: Thank you, thank you for, for saying it on my stuff. behalf Coffee cups are not really work related I know that she's having no, them no. while she's it's, driving it's, through yeah. and from during the work, work? Yeah. But yeah. files, you can't really say I can't yeah. believe you're keeping files in the car we, we yeah, should, If we they should were organised we
1: you know, Rather than just sort of scattered over the passenger seat And in the footwell and. Yeah, yeah. We should establish, yeah. we should allow Steve to
0: explain what Casey does Because if she was a mobile barista Then coffee <laughs> <Yeah>. cups <laughs> certainly yeah. wouldn't yeah. be work yeah.
1: related She works in the pharmaceutical industry On the sales side of the pharmaceutical industry She's not a drug dealer. (laughs) That would be be the
2: brief way of describing it. I think we call it a peddler rather than a dealer. Do we? Yeah.
3: Yeah. A peddler.
2: You should know all about uh, pharmaceutical issues with the amount of uh, things you've had to change to your body.
3: I'm on no tablets whatsoever. Not even the arthritis ones. Not even for my brain. (laughs) Yeah, but to an extent, you're (laughs)
0: you're like one of those cars that's... You know when you have a really old car, as I do, and it kind of has a new... like, It's got loads of new brake pads and it's got a new... Belt and it's got a new engine and stuff. You're a bit like that. It's in the sense that the, she- the sort of outer shell is you. <laughs> is it like
3: tritium? internal <laughs> bits are only... all new. What
2: internal we, bits we of pe- me, are We peel you... back and we get Arnold Schwarzenegger, then we get T1000, <laughs> and then eventually we <laughs> get through to the metal. inside
3: and outside.
2: There's no, no new bits outside inside. Outside you're inside me. fine. Hmm? Outside you're fine. You see
3: my face? Yeah. It's a great face. <laughs> it's not a great face. It's well, a great face. to it's the memorable. Rest of <laughs> It's memorable. <laughs> it's It's memorable. John Merrick. What
2: do you call it? Angular. No, no, it's cool. not angular. Oh, no, it's very soft. Very, very soft. soft. Oh, like, like a baby's face. Like a baby's oh, like face. Like a pickaxe. Like a baby's bottom. <laughs> Anyway, what were we talking about? Well, we were welcoming everybody for a new set-piece menu uh, edition. This is the podcast where four friends talk football over food. Um, Once again, the food has been polished off with almost unnerving speed, um, mainly because we are back at Chin Fork. It's uh, a rotation that hasn't necessarily worked very well, but we are back mainly because we wanted Nikki to cook for us again. And she has provided us with... What you're trying to say is you that have, you have think to I didn't make this time. cheesecake, this, this fine cheesecake. Nikki, what's in the cheesecake? Uh, lemon. Lemon. Uh, chocolate
3: and passion fruit. You asked the question What did Andy put in the cheesecake, Nikki? <laughs> Love. Nothing. Ke- Ketchup. <laughs> Sweat. <laughs> Ketchup. <laughs> Ketchup. I didn't even crush the digestives. Did you not? Know? You didn't nope. even make the buttery
2: biscuit base? No. Nope. wasn't allowed. was not allowed. We actually have half of the cheesecake left, so um, we're going to take that home to our partners. I, Andy didn't even cut the cheesecake. Didn't, didn't you no. do no, that, No, I Hugh, cut the cheesecake. So I yes.
3: was going to cut it, and then you steamed in and took the big knife off me. Whilst you were... Andy's big making knife. ...making coffee for, for the other two idiots.
2: You see, and now, as a result, the friends are ready to talk football. Gone. So thank you to all Hinchcliffs available... Excellent. Uh, ...for their excellent work. And for those who would like to know or need reminding, those friends are... I'm Hugh Ferris... He's Rory Smith. Hello. That's Steve Wyeth. Hello. And sitting at the head of the table, almost Buddha like, if Buddha wore exclusively super dry. <laughs> super dry again. <laughs> is Andy Hinscliffe. And the super dry again is unfortunately exclusively revealed by you wearing super Yeah, dry. but I wear it well, don't I? Well and often. Is it muscle fit?
3: Listen to Steptoe over there with his bloody whatever that's pineapple neck step- jumper. This
0: is just a woollen jumper. Oh, look at it though.
3: What's how wrong you ju- with my jumper? About you? Not only what two pairs
0: of shoes do you how many I've jumpers got, do you own? got two jumpers on, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we have heating. You have heating. It's quite mistakes. warm in this house. It's quite cold in the outside it areas. Is, yeah. Anyway. That's
2: true. On Set Piece Menu, we tend to try and discuss a footballing issue, not necessarily a sartorial one, for about half an hour or so. And at the end of it, we're all very happy to agree that Andy is still wearing super dry. Our conversation today, as we celebrate the return of international football, which for most who cover the game means a weekend off. Is centered upon this question. Does a spell as a national team coach make you a better? club boss. The old adage is you work through a club career to reach the pinnacle of the game in international football, taking charge of your or another country before respectfully retiring or spending the twilight of your career in a series of inconsequential jobs in the Middle East or China. But increasingly, managers are taking a national job earlier in their careers and have plenty of time on the other side, so to speak, successful or not, to continue it back in the club game. So instead of success at club level making you qualified for international football, does international experience now benefit a manager who returns to club level it's incredibly lucky that we have an international footballer here who's able to explain to us perhaps the difference between club management and international management from a player's point of view and mm. how different it is so that they can maybe flip-flop between the two and gain from each experience what's the have. time that you spend
3: with the coach isn't it Clearly international coaches only have a certain number of games in the year Only have a certain number of get-togethers So they can only get to know their players personally Get to know how they want to play and on the tactics and on the training field Maybe a week, ten days Obviously major tournaments have a bit more time But club bosses are working day in and day out Which has to be better Surely from both points of view for the player and for the coach as well Getting to know his players, players getting to know their coach So interesting
2: this topic I don't know who came up with it was it your idea? I think it was a, a colleague and friend, and oh no, it's a, a family member. Yeah, it? it was. Yes, it
1: was my brother-in-law, Gareth White. Gareth, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> you tend to check. think
2: that that what because, like I'm saying, with the amount
3: of time that you get to work, certain people will be cut out for international management, and certain people will be cut out for domestic
0: management.
2: Lazy people, is so, what you're saying.
0: Yes.
3: <laughs> who who have we got in mind that has? been able to uh, straddle well I mean I think
0: the, the obvious archetype. example a, a man who had incredible success at international level followed by a glittering return to club football is Sam Allardyce that's the
2: best example
0: no, I think the two are Conte the two that are particularly prevalent at the moment are Conte and George Sampaoli Who both did relatively well As international managers Conte didn't win anything But impressed Sampaoli did win Things with Chile uh, And are now Doing sterling jobs In club management Um, Which is the the Kind of converse Of as you said It it used to be I probably still think Of international management Basically as an old man's game Yeah, Yeah It's what you do When you don't want to work Every day of the week, but yeah. it's also the, the, it
2: used to be the pinnacle, but the, it's not the pinnacle anymore. Yeah, that there went was a the long point time ago. at which, yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson famously said that the best football in the world is not the World Cup; it's the Champions League. So you want to manage in the Champions League, you don't want to manage in the World Cup. Now, if you have a, an element of patriotism flowing through your veins, and clearly you want to win the World Cup for your country. But that that is increasingly less important as well, it would seem. That's Fergie mentioned, by the way. We've just got to get Alan Partridge in now. And we've uh, we've covered all uh, all contractual
1: obligations. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but but you're right, that's because the the game has changed, hasn't it? I mean, Sam Paoli's been sort of credited almost for bringing pride and prestige back to to Chilean football before then making the move to Europe for, for club management. And I think the suggestion when this sort of idea was put to me was that does being an international manager now make you tactically more astute and able to deal with the firefighting that club management has become? Because perhaps in the past, it was viewed as, well, you know, you had that day-to-day involvement as a club manager, didn't you? Working with your players, working on on tactics and formations and, and, and building a campaign over the course of a season. And then later in your career, you took all of those ideas and, and implemented them in a, in a much more focused way to those sort of half a dozen games that you would play during the course of a calendar year. Whereas now, as we've discussed on a previous edition of Set Piece Menu, that club management has, has literally become going from one problem to... It's a problem-solving job, really, isn't it? Rather than, a you know, applying yourself tactically on a set of players. So actually, that dealing with footballers or a group of footballers for a few days as an international manager and then not seeing them again for a prolonged period of time is actually more closely aligned with club management because you are working you know, within a sort of three or four day spell towards a game and then very quickly moving on to an entirely different set of problems.
0: What I would say is the, is the skill you learn from international management now that it has inverted and international football is not the, not the pinnacle, pinnacle anymore so it's more natural that managers take a kind of step into the international Sam is a weird example Because Sam Pauli kind of Built a club career In South America mm-hmm. And then took on A national job And it just so happened That his national job Was enough to win him Sufficient sort of kudos To then get a job in Europe And we should say He's, he's
2: Argentinian isn't he he's Argentinian yeah. he, he worked
0: in Peru For a long time And then went to uh, Universidad de Chile yeah. uh, Which was kind of he, So he, he basically worked, worked his way up Through South American Club football and took a national job So that's the old vision of international football are you, saying then, himself
1: are you saying he wouldn't have got The severe job on the back of his achievements In club not football in South America Not it was a chance international. Oh, okay. who,
2: when, I and, and the fact that he's what 56? 56 Fifty-six. Yeah. So proves the point
0: I mm. suppose So I'm not I, I can't remember who the last manager To get a big European job Straight from South American club football would be Maybe Simeone But he kind of had a link to Atlético Madrid, obviously. Mm, yeah, so so I, I think that that's probably a subject for a different and slightly more sophisticated podcast.
2: Uh, the <laughs> that would be that be just a different podcast.
1: some some people with knowledge of South American <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, would yeah. be a start. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: but the you used to get that that you kind of got South American coaches coming to Europe from you do well with River Plate or Boca Juniors and then you get a European job. It doesn't happen anymore. That was profile really. enough. Oscar Washington Tabares is the great the big example who did really well in with Boca and then ended up. In Italy, Anyway, so Paoli did build that, did have that kind of career trajectory. Uh, Conte is different. He kind of took almost a sabbatical to manage Italy, kind of took two years out to build for a World Cup site, for yeah. a European Championship. And what's he,
2: late 40s? 47, something yeah, mid, like that? Yeah, mid to late 40s, yeah. Conte.
0: So chinch age, we like to call he's it. He's chinch aged, yeah. He's, he's similar. Prime in of his life. In the prime mm-hmm. of his life. He wears super dry, Conte. But to me, what, what's interesting about Conte, and to, to an extent Paoli <laughs> And I wonder if they've got this from international football Conte's great success for Chelsea this season Has been to take the players he had And make a system yeah. fit them Rather than think, I've got to buy lots of people Which is what most managers yeah. Yeah. seem yeah. to think
2: Especially managers with identities and philosophies, and philosophies. Yeah. It,
0: The philosophy, it turns out, is very expensive And you have to buy specific players to fit it And it takes three or four years to But that's them. international football, isn't it? You mm. can't, this is, with international football, this, especially Italy now Where there's not that yeah. depth of talent yeah. Yeah. This is your pool of players make it work and it's interesting that what Conte's done and Sampaoli to an extent as well Sevilla yeah. do trade a bit more but that's kind of because they, they tend to be losing players as well they tend to take what they've got and they say, right, I'm going to make this work. And I think that's, that's, in, that's my favourite thing about Antonio so Conte. I never
3: even thought, because normally an international manager you think, oh, I have a huge pool of players, he's got a philosophy and I can pick and choose who I want. No, that didn't happen with him. He had to no. make the very best yeah. of that Italian squad, which he did. Mm. And he's doing the same thing at Chelsea. A so rele- that, rele- to Moses, classic example, yeah. isn't it? He's had a fantastic... See- and that is down to presumably what Conte presumably learned with those international players. So it's actually worked in reverse. Normally what you learn in the domestic game, you take into the international. But he's worked it in reverse, hasn't he? Whatever he looked with Italy, he's taken to Chelsea. And brought the
2: very best out of players That you probably would think Well they're not going to play for Chelsea yeah. This
3: is Suddenly looking will be
2: Well let's, let's take that, that experience That we drew upon earlier mm. Your international football experience Was under Glenn Hoddle Yes So what was different about him Do you think as, a, as an international manager Comparatively speaking When you talk well, about I wouldn't your have club s- manager? Yeah, well, and I don't clear, just mean yes. time I mean tactically It would have been interesting to see To work with him as a, a club manager
3: um, I, I, he seemed very comfortable being an intern. I, I, I would find it very frustrating with the time span in between. Get Because normally coaches would want work to work with their players on the training field, talking to them, getting to know them. Even though you think, well, you know a character when you bring him into a squad. You think, well, you don't need to learn anything more. But you do, don't you? You need to really know how these players tick. But he seemed very comfortable... But Jim, was he a better international manager than club manager? Because he had a number d- I mean, of jobs, didn't he? Su- su- he Success-wise, yeah.
2: um, so as could, a, as he a could club do manager, he, he was manager of Chelsea at a time that Chelsea weren't the Chelsea that they are now, yeah, yeah. and he reached cup final, so he, he did succeed and he did well, and he played the kind of football that was considered progressive at the time. Yeah. Um, as an international manager, you might be right. It may well be that, that at that stage in football's canon, mm. that international football was the... The tactical zenith. That was the place where the tactical battles were played did, out did, a little bit yeah. more than in English from, did, from an English point of view. From an English point of view. Well, his, his, his ex- entire experience, yeah. obviously.
0: Glenn Hoddle was a good manager. But
2: he's yeah. a good manager. And a good example of this because he got the England job early in his career. Yeah. So he, we were I'm able to see what he was able to do either side.
0: But it's not a perfect parallel because, as you say, from an English point of view at that time, because English football was still relatively unsophisticated, chinch apart. Yes. Mm. Uh, very you. much against the, the rain. He would have kept the England job for much longer. Had he not Had the unfortunateness not happened The unfortunate the, incident The ugliness not, not the book, happened The book writing Yes <laughs>
1: but If he stuck th- to football rather th- than um, going into publishing Penmanship yeah. Did yeah.
2: you get the impression that he was Tactically progressive, we, advanced, were, yes. astute Any he, of those he, things? He did,
1: he did things and worked
3: very hard on and off the training field With video analysis And uh, you forget about it Because you, you just do all this stuff And you play the games And you go, and you didn't really think about I think players now are challenged to think a lot more about the game Back then Glenn was starting to do stuff that maybe all international managers, domestic managers do anyway now. He was, he was absolutely very thorough on the opposition, obviously on how we were going to play, the plans were all set in place. And it was that video analysis. I remember, yeah, sitting down, watching games back and, and watching the opposition play, stuff that I hadn't ever done before. So clearly he enjoyed it, was capable of doing it. But I just what has international football itself changed? Has it become more like... Domestic, because I, I really didn't enjoy playing international football. Partly because I wasn't good enough, but also it's quite did you, did boring you wait for us to chime up
1: there. Nobody did. <laughs> Hang on, you played like Cameroon and Saudi Arabia. You must have been good enough. <laughs> was it when when Moldova's right winger was running at you? That was that the point where you thought he did run at me. He ran own. away from me in fear. <laughs> it was it was all about possession. Keep the ball at
3: all costs. Keep the ball. At all costs. I found it incredibly tedious. I did. I didn't enjoy playing international football. Well, that's not changed. What? Still tedious. Of, is, is, it still, still tedious? is it still? Is it still? Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking: is there some connection? Is it easier for for managers? Have you not been to,
1: watching it since the 1990s I can't watch 80s. it
3: until so the last eight of major competitions. I don't watch it because it's incredibly tedious. Because that, it's tedious
2: because of a fear of failure. Because mm. there's high stakes, particularly at competitions where they. I might want watch to more drive. now. have explained it to me. But anyway, <laughs> <I can be laughs> of service, Andrew. is there anything else you like in your life that I can fit? <laughs> can't wait for the forty eighteen World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> every
0: <laughs> single second. The other thing is the other reason that international. This is going a wee, little bit off topic, but the other reason that international football is. All about possession in that sense, and thus looks a little bit tedious. It's just the players are unfamiliar with each other, so you don't know. You don't have your that. Your default same is yeah. just The
2: pass simply. You don't have that right?
0: same pattern of play stuff that you get at a club, where you know that you in instinctively know the runs your teammates are going to make. You mm. you have to choose the safe option more, more often than not. Isn't because that what training's meant to be about. Yeah, but yeah. Two, what two or three sessions every, yes, yeah. you said every that the every yeah. time spent wasn't yeah, enough. Do, yeah, But so,
2: it. so the question is, does a spell as a national team coach make you a better club boss? Having to succeed in those circumstances, which are very much against you. Mm-hmm. Surely that does help you If you then return to the club game Because you're able to apply Perhaps more efficiency yes, absolutely. You'll, you'll know yeah. exactly yeah, what yeah, works yeah, yeah. Because you don't you have time to, to waste
1: exactly. yeah. So maybe your man management skills Improve as well presumably Is it not, Does it not come down to The man or, or the woman Involved in, in making that transition mm-hmm. From one to the other though Because obviously Antonio Conte went from Being the Juventus boss Where he had you know a wonderful pool of players, which mm-hmm. he turned into the dominant force of Italian football, and Max Allegri has, has picked that picked that up and continued to have huge success in Italy with Juventus. Conte went to an Italy team that weren't fancied much were they for nope. the um for the European Championships in 2016 and indeed didn't win it they didn't win it but they did produce <laughs> arguably the the performance the tactical yeah. performance of the competition to beat Spain in the in the last 16 and were really unlucky to be beaten by Germany in the most shambolic penalty shootout yes. ever witnessed Yeah, I was it. there it was awful there was about six penalties missed wasn't yeah. there? about three three apiece missed yeah it was a really it was really bad They should both have been eliminated <laughs> Kicked out On yeah. the basis of not being able to do The bare minimum of what they a should footballer should be capable of <laughs> Kicking the ball If you don't get five, pen- sorry. If you don't sorry. Get five <laughs> penalties on target Even if they're safe <laughs> Then you should be eliminated well, was, from the was that was Simone Zaza's career is enti- has been entirely ruined by that penalty Flying shooter. at
0: Valencia Simone Zaza Let's let's not forget that. The um, no, but the why has he become a pilot?
1: <laughs> no. Oh, chin! <shit>. Lovely, lovely <laughs> but, airport, Valencia. But, oh, but oh, so, eh? so sorry. The point I was getting on. to was that so Antonio Conte has taken that experience mm. of of working with a set of players that weren't expected to make much of an impact, and he's taken that to Chelsea and, and used what what we've talked about it before. With, you know, coaches who complicate matters and coaches who work with what they've got and get the best out of those players, and that's what he's done. Whereas I suppose the 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 example of the other way that that can materialise is Louis van Gaal, who had a brilliant 2014 World Cup with Holland, uh, took them to the semi-finals, and arrived at Manchester United with you know huge amounts of credit in the bank, and it didn't work out. He wasn't able to to make that transition back again. That's a really inter- interesting example, Van Gaal, because he had been
0: kind of written off. That he dropped yeah. the Dutch job as international football is an old man's game. That was the thinking. It was kind of, it looked like... A last hurrah. A last hurrah, and he was kind of the 2nd he he
2: He'd done the job before.
0: He had done the job, and the job returned before very badly. Club
2: management. And management. So, so actually, yes, yeah. his first spell as an international manager was, was just as bad as many think the United job was.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the, it, that maybe came at the wrong time for him and for his type of, not his type of football, but the way he believes football works. Like, I, I don't think Van Gaal was ever particularly cut out for international management. But what he showed in the World Cup as well as being an astonishingly lucky manager because they were... I saw the Dutch quite a lot. I saw them against Costa Rica in the... Is that the final. Costa Rica? It was. And they didn't score against Costa Rica. And Costa Rica... like no disrespect to Costa Rica, but for, that was after it had been announced that he, he was the United manager. And there was all this sort of triumphalism of what a manager United have got. You know, he's got to the semi
1: This Holland team Taking With, with team, all yeah. these major international stars Have got his to the semi-finals stock, of the World Cup stock bike. couldn't have been higher At the end of that tournament Yeah, but, it, it?
0: but bizarre it was, uh, This really annoyed me for quite a long time I'm dredging up memories Sorry, 2014. sorry, I didn't mean so to So do the Dutch don't score against Costa Rica Which is not a great triumph they beat Mexico because he went long ball. That was all he did. He got water. I don't know if you remember, but they, he basically said pump the ball forward. That was that was his great tactic. Oh yes, because
2: it was the great the, the water. They great. Produced, yes, the exactly. Dutch
0: produced one brilliant performance in that tournament against the Spanish. What was interesting though with that was that he kind of got the he got that credit for his his coaching ability to change a match rather than to construct a campaign. There was a, there, there was a weird Dutch. World Cup. What got found out at United was that he could no longer really construct a campaign over the long term. Yes, it was, which the is why international football has traditionally not been that stepping stone back to football didn't, football.
3: didn't Van Gaal bring kind of international football to Old Trafford though? I saw them play many, many times, and it was about let's win one nil and keep the ball for seventy percent of the It was awful. Not just because it was so uh, different from how United had played in the past. It was very much
2: possession-based. It seemed to be like an international style of football uh, th- played that, in the Premier
0: League. That hadn't occurred to me, but that, that, that's, that's probably, probably construct an argument it, out You of that, were yeah.
2: right about the, the, the big decisions. He, he got the credit for making big decisions. Big, bold and, decisions, and, yeah. and they were bold and they were notable. Quite a lot of, well, 99% of the decisions a manager makes are not visible and have no great tangible effect, certainly to the to the, um, the onlooker who has not got the keen eye that f- for example Andy has because yeah, he's seen, yeah, seen yeah. everything and it all before um, and when you do that in a World Cup you obviously get noticed mm. if you even in the Champions League you did that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be noticed in, in quite the same way so there is still that cachet which is our favourite word on this podcast mm. of of changing a game through a managerial decision at a tournament like that and that's where Van Gaal's stock went super high right?
1: because it, almost the opposite to, to Conte who's come to Chelsea and made that team greater than the sum of its parts Van Hal seemed to take a, a collection of players at Manchester United who might have been capable mm. of At least qualifying for the Champions League And seemingly <laughs> didn't play to their strengths I mean, like Angel Di Maria jacket, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Played too narrow Had a, yeah, had a, a, a striker and Falcao Who was capable brilliant, capable of brilliant things in the penalty area But never seems to try and get the ball to him mm. in Where he could do any damage You know, Angel Di Maria Who's done sublimely at Paris Saint-Germain Since leaving United Who looked completely out of sorts Didn't he, playing in the Premier League
3: There's Martial so, there under Van Gaal as well And they didn't play... Yeah with with and so they yeah. hardly played him and yes. it's it kind of strange he did let him run with the ball it was always let's keep possession let's strange yeah.
1: I mean it, in danger of it turning into a you know an Antonio Conte loving he's he's mm-hmm. sort of showing you the way that you can transition from one to the other and, and sort of you know we we've given him credit before on this podcast for mm-hmm. for not making football too complicated and for for assessing the the players he's got and, and getting the best out of them On a week by week basis
0: Whereas what Sampaoli's done at Sevilla Is take the basic blueprint yeah. That he had with Chile Which is the way he plays Which isn't going to change And he's basically said so Sevilla do have Monchi, the technical director Who is as good in the transfer market as anybody But Sevilla are always going to They're not going to be getting the world, top class, world class players Straight away, they, they develop players Steven they Zonzi
1: plays there for
2: example Yeah, but they, you know, And
1: looks like a world-beater yes. by the way I've yeah, commentated he's brilliant on him a couple Zonzi. of times in the Champions League And he just sort of Strides his way yeah. through games as though you, you know you he's the think great he was really underrated at Blackbird? It, but but just, it on, was it was, Blackbird but, or Stoke? Yes, no, it's yeah, Blackbird yeah. and Stoke Black oh, okay. but, yeah, but you, you didn't really notice him whereas I always for severe right he just stands out as being one of the higher quality
0: players on the pitch this sounds really kind of in hindsight really hindsight t 2020 I always really liked onzy and i was oh
3: easy for you to say never, yeah, exactly
0: it? Yeah. i was never quite sure why nobody else did but i'm glad to have been proved right <laughs> so again
1: <laughs> so but it's you, nice to have the evidence you, of that you and Monchi are the <laughs> me and the two who know who know their stuff
0: the but yeah so severe somehow doesn't have he can't go and sign whoever he wants. He can't do what Klopp and Mourinho and Guardiola... Klopp to a lesser extent. What they all do and... Yeah. And, you know, Blanc and then Unai Emery at PSG and Barcelona and Real Madrid, they can't say, right, I want this specific player. I have to have him or things won't work. He has to... He has his system. He will make his players fit that system mm-hmm. and he will make it work. And I think that's the lesson that both Sampaoli and Conte have made. Maybe that is something they've picked up from international management that you have a, a set pool of players... And this is—you have to train them. You have to rely on coaching them, rather than buying, paying someone to solve their problems. But
3: real coaching, is yeah. Rather than just being given a pool of fifty fabulous players, and you can say, "Well, I can play any which way I want to do." Actually, being given a smaller pool of players, that you coach them to play your way. Is coaching—that's what yeah. it's all about, isn't
1: it? Yeah, so, so it just Sevilla, he's, hes just made them more resilient. You know, we, we've seen Sevilla winning the Europa League for three mm-hmm. consecutive seasons. So clearly, they had something mm-hmm. about them and could lift their level for those big European occasions. But they weren't really having that sort of impact, were they? In La Liga, where they were finishing very often outside of the European places and perhaps qualifying through another way. Whereas now they're, they're challenging. For a top three finish For the first time since I think 2009 Is the last yeah. time they finished in the top three So league.
3: the way we're looking at things now In terms of the prestige of, of international management Or managing, say, a Premier League club In the Champions League Pochettino, if he had the opportunity To manage Argentina Do you think he would stay where he is? Yes, at the moment I think he would Because I think
2: he knows that he can get that job Basically at whenever he, he wants to He will get that point yeah.
0: as well. Well, I was going to say that, that there is There is a converse to this Which is that I don't think an England manager, I mentioned Allardyce at the start, I don't think an England manager can say Eddie Howe. Say if Eddie Howe or Dyche yeah. got England, I don't think they that would then enable them to bounce back at a higher level in their club career. I and think they would have to start again. Yeah.
2: And they also wouldn't be able to think, I can wait to have it whenever I want to because... The way that the English game works, and certainly when you're linking managers, they have to be hot right now. Mm. Like I- Alan Pardew, 18 months ago, was the next mm. England manager because of what he was doing at Crystal Palace. He obviously is out of the job and w- wouldn't be considered, even though he'd be available. Why
1: is that, do you think, though? Because if Gareth Southgate leads England to the semi finals of the World Cup in 2018, then surely he will be in line for a, a big Premier League job on the would basis you, would of that. You because think so? <laughs>
2: yeah because yeah, but how, the thing saying, is how likely is that to happen yeah, Rory's yeah. point stands because yeah. it's very unlikely that you, clearly Plus, if but that yeah. anomalous yeah. event happens then, exactly. then he'd have a chance to get a bigger I'm asking bigger
1: why why would that not be the case because you know Gareth Southgate taking England to the semi-finals of a World Cup would be An even greater achievement than Antonio Conte making Italy look competitive at European Championship. He'd he'd get a
2: new six-year contract for six million pounds a year. That's what would happen to Gareth Southgate. It depends what Premier League owners
3: feel about success with the with England. Mm. Do you have the Premier League and international teams are above the Premier League? Do you have to be a better manager to manage internationally? But that's an interesting one with Gareth Southgate. If he does really well, do you think that half the Premier League would be falling over themselves? To offer him a job, from what they've seen that him do. Normally, if you do brilliantly with England or an international setup, you would not walk into a job, but there, there would be a number of clubs that would be very
2: interested in you. Do you, not, you feel
0: that would generally happen with Gareth Southgate? Not top six. But why? But that, not that mini
2: league. Yeah. But I don't think that's 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 an anti-English coach argument, isn't it? Rather no, than no,
0: no. I think it's it. I think yeah, you might get. It's all right. It's a sadiar. This is. Delving into the realms of the ridiculously <laughs> This estimate. is not
1: going to happen, by the way. Say no.
0: England, because of major... Um, like earthquakes
1: and fires and things. So Ill, illness, Yester, Ill, illness striking down pretty much every like other a major area. breakout of the bubonic in Yakutsk, a
2: locust swarm.
0: The, the, they're the only team that can travel to Sochi or something. Um, <laughs> and Nizhny Novgorod. They turn Nizhny Novgorod into a fortress. Uh, You're underestimating <laughs> Mr. Southgate. The mass. No, I love Garrett Southgate. I think, yeah. I think he's a really good manager. He's a lovely fella. Mm. And he lives by Fuston Reservoir, which is a beautiful, beautiful spot in, in North Yorkshire. Uh which I used to run round. I was you know, gonna somewhere. say I what thought what you
1: said North you, you told us North Yorkshire was all farms and more or less just discounted it. Well I mean
0: it's not proper Yorkshire. Proper Yorkshire is basically a sort of 30 mile stretch Around Did, Leeds didn't, didn't stop him making it sound like Gareth Southgate's his mate Yes <laughs> He's not my mate but he does live in a place I have, been, you've I heard have been near his house
2: Brilliant on that basis <laughs> <laughs> We're all mates oh, everybody not parking famous. outside the house again Seriously really <laughs> other, other, other lights What's on What's the number for the gates <laughs> is,
1: that why is that why your car's in such a state Because he has to release the house keep driving up to Fuson just to shout
2: Gareth So so, Gareth Southgate... I don't have a point world. to make. W- 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 yeah, he doesn't win Cup. the World
0: Cup. Winning the World Cup is a bit different. But even then, it might apply. I just think the top, what the top sit look for is a proven track record in the Champions League, proven track record of success in delivering trophies or at least competing for trophies. And that's why they all go for foreign managers, because those foreign managers have they that experience. That it's, it is a better preparation for managing Manchester United, Chelsea or Arsenal to have competed for or won the Bundesliga or La Liga or Serie A than it is to have taken West Brom to 7th it L- just isn't the same it's not, you're Louis, not looking at the same thing and
2: the international and it's the thing sa- doesn't same count as, thing as well thing on the international- Louis van Gaal didn't get the United job because of he- what he did with Holland he got the United job because of his Barcelona and Bayern yeah, Munich and Ajax as well he was
0: a man who it was felt could institute a philosophy whereas the, re- the reason that van Gaal is relevant is just he went into United with loads of credit because of what Holland did at the World Cup which he then Wasted completely But he got the job On the basis of his club career And I think that's why A top six club wouldn't Even if If England got to the Semi-finals of the World Cup A top six club would still Look at Southgate and think You've never been in the Champions League You've Very little recent
2: Premier League experience You're, You don't have the CV that we need Basically So there's The experience to consider if you're going from international management back into club management, uh, there's the tactical acumen to consider as well, which is sometimes of a benefit. And the other thing to perhaps throw in as well is the man management. You mentioned mm. it very briefly earlier on, Andy. To have the ability to not only corral the troops with short amount of time spent with them, so you have to build up a relationship and a strong bond in a very short space of time, gain their respect with less time on the training pitch. You've also got to find a way of trying to encourage a feeling of togetherness yeah. and playing for the flag, which, of course, has been a criticism that, that has been levelled at England's footballers yes. of, late, of late, or maybe longer than that, mm-hmm. that they don't have an ability to understand the common man and to feel the same passion. Yeah. And, of course, at the other extent of the scale, you've got a team like Brazil in the semi-final of the 2014 World Cup who cared too much... And completely capitulated in that first 30 minutes against Germany and were 5-0 down or whatever it is. Mm. So how important is that skill to be able to communicate a sense of pride which is greater than oneself that, that international football has as something unique? Well, I'm sure that the coaches will
3: want to try and instil this. But it's interesting be talking about maybe the power of the Champions League as opposed to international football. I got the feeling that a lot of the players that were there were more concerned about playing for their clubs in the Champions League than playing for England necessarily because they were, were they, cause they probably knew they were, well, they were never going to win anything with England, were they? So if there was an opportunity for them to win something with Chelsea or with Liverpool in the Champions League, they were more concerned about keeping themselves fit to go back to their clubs because that's where, not so where the money was, but where the chance of success was as well. So maybe that patriotism, I'm not sure whether it was... Certain players felt really strongly about playing. I certainly didn't. That's an English problem, though, isn't it? It Isn't that an English problem? Is it up to a manager to fix it? Well, how many managers have tried to do that with England when I was there? The the cliques, the people that spoke to each other—it was so strange. Three or four people here, five or six over there, and I—I'd heard this, and people had told me. So when I first went into the squad, I thought, no, this can't be the case. Surely everyone pulls together. They don't. And I don't know whether that has really changed, or whether that's a specific problem that England players have. Whether this is the same for the Dutch or the Germans, it doesn't seem to it's be because of the success.
0: I think at different different times have. in yeah. history, it certainly was a problem with Spain, the the difference between Barcelona and Real Madrid at to yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. point. And and, then and, it,
2: and it's a cliche for the Dutch as well. Yeah,
0: and obviously the the, the Dutch have split along Ajax, final PSV right. lines.
3: The one point in terms was, of their success and what what they can achieve. But they, they, they didn't. They were more concerned not, about being fit to play in the Champions League than the. Those
2: teams did not succeed when those things happened. Yeah, mm. it took that was the whole seismic shift in Spanish football for the the hatchet to almost be buried for them to come together realise that this cannot carry on there is again a sense of greater than oneself but there's only so much a coach can do whether it be at a club or internationally to try and win the players
3: over mentally And, and of course on paper you might say this is what we're all trying to achieve but then actually do the players really believe this as well? And that's very, very hard. You can try and instil this, but if you've only got somebody for a week or ten days, and then they're going to go back to the comfort zones of their clubs... But what
2: if you've got them for a month, a month and a half, before a, a tournament and throughout the tournament? Well, is that a see, special it opportunity it to see, be able well to try I've, and do I've that? Well, I've never
3: experienced that, because sadly I wasn't selected for the World Cup in 1998, <laughs> even though I had a horrific
0: thigh injury. If you complain that you had a thigh injury, you're perfectly fine. No, I was injured. That's why I wasn't picked. The problem with England isn't to do with a lack of this is the different subject again. Isn't to do with a lack of patriotism. It's to do with what Chinch touched on earlier and the nature of international football and the fact that basically English footballers haven't worked it out yet. It either, not even not just English footballers English football culture Hasn't worked it out So you go to Wembley And you see John Stones and Chris Smalling Pass it to each other And the entire crowd go Like that Because <laughs> they They don't understand That maybe they're doing it for you, you, There's such a thing As resting on the ball We have this We just don't have a mentality That suits international football And until that changes And we produce players Who, who are comfortable In that style That you do need to adapt To yeah. an extent You can play it With an English inflection But you have to Kind of play the, the Style of the game That is required In that situation they won't do very well so Steve's what happens if Gareth Southgate gets to the semi-finals of the 2018 World Cup thing remains entirely hypothetical it's (laughs) fan fiction really it is essentially fan fiction (laughs) at the end of which is with Gareth Southgate and who will be captain in 2018 who's the England captain
2: well, yeah, we it won't know. be, it won't be Wayne Rooney, will it? Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson, you have to assume, if he gets in the team. But anyway, this is, this is a diversion because we're, is. we're probably talking about England's being a special case to whom this question does not apply. So if there is a manager who has learnt a skill, a management skill, whilst with Germany or Spain or whoever they may well be, is that a skill that is easily applicable then having learned that in those special circumstances in club football or because there's no sense of playing for the flag playing yeah, for yeah. the pride of your country that it is inapplicable to club football because the, be. the idea was is that again contractual mention of Sir Alex Ferguson he would make everybody at Manchester United understand the history of the club and that they were playing for Manchester United which yeah. is um, it's the same sales pitch isn't it for an international
3: it manager it becomes like a siege mentality doesn't it when mm-hmm. we're all in this together you, you think it should be transferable from, from the international uh, football to domestic football and you get to work with the players day in and day out mm-hmm. so hopefully not you brainwash them but you can actually work with them and keep telling them and keep that, that's the way to that's why I always thought it would be very difficult To be able to transfer certainly from the domestic game to the international game when you don't have the time to work with players. I thought that would be the major problem. But we talked about these guys, Sam Paoli and um, and Conte, doing really well coming out of international football, going into domestic. But has that always been the case, decade upon decade? Have managers come out of international football, whatever the success they've had, and been successful? In the domestic game. No, is, exactly. is it
1: something that kind of follows? Wait, wait, that, that's, is that partly the reason we're talking about this? It, could it become the new normal? There's a few types of international
0: manager. So you've got Southgate and the fellow in, in Spain, whose name I've now forgotten, who they got from Porto. Lopetegui. To, Lopetegui, who are very much institutional... Yes, products of, products of the, of the system, system. ...who've been brought up to be the coaches for that team, almost. Because they've, they've been in the youth They've been brought through the 21s and the 19s and all that, and they're very much kind of... Company men Company men is what I'm looking for The best example of the company man obviously is Jürgen Löw The Germany manager who's, who's got this in, insane CV But has never gone to club football Now that could well be that he doesn't fancy it It might well be that he thinks that managing Germany The world's champions is the highest honour That any German manager could have And that would be completely fair enough his name again Jürgen Löw Jürgen Löw Wonderful Uh, But then you've got people like Ventura Who's replaced Conte at Italy Who's kind of an old journeyman Fernando Santos who um, who won Euro 2016 with Portugal Who's kind of an old journeyman Of the current kind of managers of top nations Argentina and Brazil are both weird cases But you've maybe got Martinez at Belgium Who's obviously not Belgian His plan I would imagine I don't want to speak for Roberto But his plan I imagine is to have success with Belgium Then go back into the Premier League And Didier Deschamps who obviously took France before a home tournament So that's a big thing But you'd imagine that Deschamps is young enough To want to go back into club management When he finishes with the yeah, national yeah. team But
1: are they, the, the likes of Deschamps and Martinez Are they are they perhaps have ambitions Of following the the, the path of Paolo and Conte yeah, To I would take those, so, ex- yeah, yeah. you know, to use those experiences a stepping positively yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a clever move from Martinez But that
0: maybe is the best example of, of people looking at the Conte Sampaoli path and thinking okay international football is now it can be used not as a stepping stone but maybe a springboard into a better job than you would have got what if Martinez had got a club job last summer what would
2: it have been? top of the championship maybe yes it, it, it wouldn't have been he wasn't getting... his stock was going down yeah. instead of up so it, it, that's how they're using it I wonder mm-hmm. to an extent yeah. and, and the final kind of tranche of managers is those who do well in international football having not necessarily prospered in club football and then just go off to earn loads and loads of money in China um, like for example Scolari who hasn't had a significant job apart from Chelsea for a few months in football. And I appreciate that Marcello Lippi was incredibly successful prior to winning the World Cup with Italy. But since then, he's just had a number of Chinese clubs and been top paid manager in in the whole world for a while. So international management can help your bank balance at the very least. But that's maybe a... That's a hangover from another age, isn't it? When international football was what you did at the end of your
3: career. Yes, yeah, so I was about to say. You did, once yeah.
0: an international job, you were sacked, that's it. I'm done with then football. Then you, now you f- just
3: got rats, right, so, so it's got to be a domestic job on the, That's it. Yeah. You just go straight back into the pool of domestic managers yeah. again. Rather than working, working, working up to be an international manager, when that finishes. Your career tends to be over, but... Or you it? go to the UAE or something. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Whereas now... Carlos Alberto Pereira
3: wasn't the
2: yeah. UAE manager for a while old after winning World Cup. Or Saudi Arabia, and all yes. All countries
0: in the, that pay a lot but don't really expect anything to happen. Uh, the, yeah, whereas now it's part of... It's something you do to say, this is, you know, to advertise your abilities to an extent. So with that, I guess, the, the conclusion there is that that is the best illustration of where, where international football now stands compared to how it used to stand.
2: So 35 minutes in and we could have just said <laughs> yes. Um, it's time for something of a treat now because um, Andy Hinchcliffe, on a couple of podcasts ago, set up the first part of a story which we are now going to sensationally conclude in Never Mind Jack and Ori, What a Soccer Story, Big Ron, Part 2. Now... We should explain that uh, Andy is going to tell us a tale from his playing days that has had all adult behaviour and libel-worthy details removed. That much we do know. <laughs> what we don't know necessarily, if you weren't listening a couple of weeks ago, uh, was that Andy set up the first part of the Big Ron story and it will now be reenacted by Rory Smith and Steve Wyeth. So I shall do the, what they like to call in the industry, production. Here we go. Previously on Soccer Story Big Ron Part 1. He had this decking out the back and a wooded area, he just hit golf balls out
1: into it. <laughs> she was wearing a gold lame cat suit. I've never seen a pile of Kit Kats like it before in my life. It was Osasuna Reyes de Tafe or something <laughs>
2: and they just told me to leave. <laughs> which, which brings us to this moment. Andy Hinchcliffe in, in what I assume is, is some sort of incredibly large mansion owned by uh, Big Ron who, who is attempting to sign you from Emerson yes. for Sheffield Wednesday. You are brought to his house under the auspices of not ki- Kept munching but signing a contract what happened next? Well we did sign the contract there and then,
3: the negotiations with and without Kit Kats were done and I was sent on my way, turfed out, so it comes to deadline day, so I'm still at Everton at this point I signed a new four year contract to Everton because I was a really good player
2: and, uh, <laughs> I, remember that get, almost with and I remember
3: getting a call from Bill Kenwright I think who's still uh, chairman of the club and somebody said, Sheffield Wednesday we, they, we've agreed a fee and everything else you've got to get over to, I had to, I had to get over to him. Hillsborough before, and signed before 12 o'clock to play in the big
0: match the next day <laughs> Wimbledon at home <laughs> I was salivating
3: They could not have got to through
1: that one without you oh. quite clearly. That
0: sounds like the sort of thing where, where, where you'd be like, oh I had to play in the big match the next day and it's Melchester Road <laughs> no,
3: no.
1: <laughs> So anyway I go hurtling, Big Roy,
3: not Big Roy <laughs> hurtling in my, uh, my Fiat Punto hurtling over to Hillsborough Really Fiat Punto?
2: No So I get over to, I
3: okay, can't chauffeur driven
2: no I wasn't Did anyway. Big Ron have a driver? Did you take the chopper? He had a driver He had he a driver drive for me. On the balcony Talking <laughs> yeah. those Callaway 4s at 400 yards <laughs> So I
3: get to Hillsborough um, And we go up into it, it's Graham McRell was the chief executive at the time So we go into his office at, at Hillsborough And Big Ron comes sweep, sweeping him with his linen suit on The slight <laughs> smell of Kid Kat <laughs> okay, yeah. He'd left one in his pocket And he He produces this contract for Graham McCrell. So, I'm, I'm in the room, obviously, as well. So, he says, Here, Graham, here's Andy's contract. Graham McCrell said, what, What's this? He hadn't even seen <laughs> the contract at all. Had, didn't know anything about what was going to happen. Did he know that you were going to sign? Was he well, I was stood you? in the room, so it might have been a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> but
0: when you got to the reception, you, did you say, It's Andy here, so for me to see, see the Chief of debt, and, and they just sort of went, well,
3: I don't know how it's. Big, big, t- big Ron took Who? me in. So, this contract appears that, uh, that Graham McCrell has never seen with the chief, chief Executive, a four and a half year contract. Fairly lucrative. I was 29. How many of your knees functioned properly? (laughs) Half of one. (laughs) (laughs) So so he's a bit bewildered by all this. And Ron said, "Just get him to sign it, Graham. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine." So I start to read this, and all the dates are wrong. Luckily, the money was right. (laughs) So this big pot of tip had to be produced by one of the, uh, one of the staff, and they had to tip And this was, you know, he's signing a four-and-a-half-year... Di- it was a, quite a bit of money at the time. Clearly, I was a good player, so worth it. <laughs> but Wimbledon, the next day, they couldn't take any chances. You know, we drew 1-1, but they needed me. We'd lost otherwise. But they, how can... Just, I wonder if this ever happened to another player where a chief executive has been presented with a contract for an international footballer Remember. Five caps at that time. Oh, really? Gained two under uh, Big Ron. But, and they were Tipexing it out. And I this is like quarter to 12. And they said, the clock's ticking, we need to get this done. I was cool as a cucumber. Well, if it's not right, it's not right, is it? We can't get it done. And it, luckily, it did get done. But poor old Graham McCrell, Big Ron's, uh, you know, he was sat down, Graham McCrell, Big Ron's like looming over him saying, get him to sign this contract. But luckily, if I'd have signed it, I could have been playing there for about 24 years because all the dates were wrong. And then, we went over to do some training at the training ground. And Big Ron liked a bit of a five-a-side session. So this is the first session I did. They paid three million quid for me. I signed this four and a half year contract. So we go over to the training ground, which is a drive away. I'd forgotten my boots, I left them in the car. So we went all the way over to the training ground. I played a, a five-a-side match in my trainers. <laughs> Everyone had finished training. This was like three o'clock in the afternoon. There was Big Ron, me, Peter Shreves, the kit man, the secondary kit man, a couple of guys from the kitchens, and we serious, and the two physios, and we had a five-a-side match the day before we played Wimbledon. The next day, who won day. the
0: five-a-side? We
3: did, obviously.
2: Me and Big Ron. Were you a little bit concerned when you played Wimbledon that there are eleven players on the opposition when you'd done all your work against five? And half of them weren't kit men. <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: I played against a right winger who, I don't know what he did, he made laces for a living. I don't know what he did. And then I played against someone who could actually play right wing. He made he laces completely. for a living.
1: Wimbledon didn't play with wingers. They he did. He must have had the, the quietest play. No, he was a right back, wasn't he? No, he was a right winger. Right winger. So yeah. I think
3: John Hartson, did you know John Hartson told me off once when they beat
0: us 5 0. Is that another softer sort of story? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 he
2: was Co- a, Copyright BBC, he was, he he was was a scary 1995. Man. He
3: was a scary John Hanson. He's lovely, yeah. lovely. He's a lovely man. He's another Paul Jewell masterclass Got beat 5-0 at home.
2: That's three stories from Big Ron. He's nearly up there with oh. Andy Booth and Neville Southall. Um, so. i got a good Neville Southall story if you want it. Well, that's for another edition of... Never mind, Jack Jackanory, what a soccer story. You're getting very good at setting up your own feature, Chinch. Well done. Uh, do keep your Ask Chinch questions coming in, by the way. I appreciate I keep on asking, uh, but we are gathering quite a lot. And Steve is our librarian. I'm
1: pulling them all together. Don't worry. They are being kept in a safe place.
2: Um, Set piece menu is what we are on Twitter. Send those questions in using the hashtag #AskChinch, and hopefully he'll be able to answer them uh, without libelling anybody. Please do also subscribe, share, and review to this podcast. We humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your very heavy and busy, saturated schedule. Uh, a reminder of the Twitter handle: it is at @SetPieceMenu. Thank you to Andy, to Rory, to Steve, and to you for listening as well. We'll be back with another set piece menu for you to enjoy very, very soon.
0: I like Tipex. Do you like Tipex? Is it still going? I was gonna say do you think that Tipex is where your horse your stolen horse ended up?
3: Why would you Say that you know how
0: upset I was when I, I gave, told you that story. You
3: weren't was upset Bristol. At all. I
2: was we, upset. It ended up in Bristol. We had the we yeah, had but it's the not in resolution. More,
3: is it? Do you know when the, the horses? Oh, no I, I, I have a great. It might still be alive. It's unlikely. It might be seventy-four. I don't think horses live that long, do they?
1: People very much enjoyed the edition of the the podcast where where Andy spoke of his stolen horse because it included <laughs> both <laughs> a reference to Schrödinger's <laughs> cat yeah. and SummerSlam ninety-two, almost in the same breath. I mean that's, I mean that's, I mean that's what the was all about. Yeah, yeah. Who was it in a B, wouldn't he? Yeah. Come on.
0: Well, For this concepts concept and sports entertainment, <laughs> and that's me to a T. Whereas you to a T is just super dry. <laughs> Remind us
3: again at the SummerSlam. A, a, what was a super dry T. It's just a super dry T. <laughs> SummerSlam
0: was wrestling. And fitted jogging bottoms. They're not fitted.
2: They're, they're tapered. tight. They're, they're taped. tapered. Tapered around those strong, muscular calves. You have, spe- you have yes. especially tapered. Fill my thigh. Go on. I'm not going to fill your thigh. Go on. You know you want to. I'd rather oh. sniff Tipex.
3: Really?